Hey, welcome to Tuesday Take, where we sit down with Pastor James and ask a few questions and hear some additional thoughts from this week's sermon. Well, welcome back to Tuesday Take. I'm here with our pastor, Pastor James. How are you today, man? Hello, I'm good. That's good, man. You have a good morning? It was a good morning. Good. Yeah. Yep. Anything crazy interesting happen? Fun? Just got the kids loaded up and drank my energy drink and... Man, what a Tuesday. Went and mentored some children today. Wow, that's cool. You want to talk about that for a second? Yeah, so it's it's an opportunity that we had, and actually it's a cool ministry that they're going to need more people for, but it's called Teach One to Lead One, and basically they do it at, at different high schools, and they basically target maybe high-risk kids for... Um, and basically to mentor them in leadership and skills. And so um, Larice, the church planner at the well that we partner with, um, is doing doing it. And so he, we talked, and so we're both um, out at Wasman, And I think it's freshmen um, that we have a whole, basically a class period where we get to talk about leadership. And uh, today we talked about habits. So um, it's good. So That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. So it's, it's cool. It's kind of one of those cool opportunities that they have. Um, that they're starting it in Monroe. They have one at Wasman, they have one at Neville, but definitely for the future for they're going to need more mentors and more people that are interested. And so um, if you're listening and want more information, holler at me because I know they're going to need more people. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, hey, man, jumping into some questions. Um, we just started on the Sermon on the Mount. Um, just kind of a, a, a quick question. Who is Jesus preaching to? Who is he teaching in these moments? You know, it says seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain and he went and sat down. And his disciples came to him. It's kind of like he was going on the mountain to get away from the crowd, but also like maybe he was. So, who who exactly is he teaching to in this passage? So it seems more specifically he's talking to his disciples, <laughs> and that's even kind of the way we got of who he's speaking to because even he's going to look over and well, not next time, but the next time where he says, "You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world." Um, but it also kind of brings to mind, and I think he does this pattern really throughout the Gospels, is where he'll kind of address the crowd too, but then he'll reveal the the, the secrets of the parables to his just disciples. So yeah. it seems like it may be the crowd may have kind of heard this, but more specifically, as it says, like his disciples are the ones that came to him to listen to what he had to say. So it's kind of both in, I guess, you know, okay. but more specifically disciples, but um, seems to be the crowds present there as well. Okay. Um, you mentioned Sunday that since we're part of the kingdom, that these things will be part of our lives. But I think that that's hard sometimes. Why is that so difficult in our lives as believers? Well, I think that's in getting into the this idea of who he's speaking to. He's speaking to disciples. Um, and so he's not... We said this Sunday, and we'll say it probably almost every time, of the secret to the Sermon on the Mount is not do these things and then you get to be a disciple, but rather since you are a disciple, since you have been saved by the grace of God, this is now what you will look like, what you will display. And so I think for us, um, I think a lot of us just, maybe we just want just a code of ethic, you know, just like, hey, here's just some things to follow, just do these, because I think that's the way that we, we, we want it to be, like, hey, if I do these things, then I get the reward, I get to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. The problem is, is even as we go through the Sermon on the Mount, we don't, you may say that you want it that way, but you don't want it that way because that means you fail and you won't be a part of the kingdom, you know? And so, like, we're going to, even as we get to, even as we saw in the Beatitudes and as we progress on, I mean, if, if if it's, I have to live up to these to get in the kingdom, then 
it's not good for any of us, you know. And so I think that's that's the secret to understanding is even like the similar, he, he's not saying be salt, be light. He says you are this, like this is what you are, mm. S- stating identity, you know, of, of who they are, not do this, you know, and, and we've seen this before, you know, who you are is more important than what you do. And so he's staying like this is who you are. Now since you are light, now, you know, shine or be salty, you know, and so it's that same thing. So I think that's important for us, but I think we have a difficult time because we just sometimes maybe it's the legalism in us, religion, you know, sometimes we have this tendency to reduce things to just a list of things that we have to mm-hmm. accomplish, you know, to be made right with God. But as we see, that's that's not that's not the call, you know, <coughs> that uh, I can't do these things to attain yeah. you know, to be a part of the kingdom. Kind of piggybacking off of that question too, as you were – you know, walking through this passage, getting ready to preach Sunday, um, was it difficult for you as as you walked through it? Like, man, this is. I know that there's some intimidating passages, and I'm I'm sure this one was probably intimidating to to write out, not only to preach, but also for your life as well. Yeah, it's it's hard because I mean that's and I because you're is this me? You know, and and just looking at you know are these things reflecting in my life? Are these these characteristics that are seen, you know, and that's one of the things that, that obviously too, I want to say that, you know, the questions that we ask ourselves, you know, that it should be, um, do I see evidences of these things? Not, am I perfect at these things? Because none of us are perfect at these things. We've been, um, but we should see evidences of these things and we should grow in, in, in seeing these things evident in our life. Um, but yeah, it it is hard. I, you know, it's one of the things I, I think I said Sunday and even just looking at the sermon, I love the Sermon on the Mount. I love teaching through it. Um, this is, I did it when I was at Ravel, and then I think I did a Bible study here on it. But we'll be able to go in a little more detail, a little more application, you know, in the sermon time. But it, it every time I read it, I'm challenged, you know, because it really gets to the heart of things. You know, even as we get into chapter five, he's going to say, "You've heard it said, you know, this act," and he says, "But what I say is," and he's going to address the heart, you know, and Ooh. so he. It, the sermon, I mean, it's, it, I mean, he's really like digging in deep, you know. And so, I heard, I think it was Dr. Martin Lloyd Jones, uh, his commentary on this was saying that like, if you get to the point where you're reading the Sermon on the Mount and it doesn't make you feel convicted, or it doesn't, or or you when you read it, you're like, no, that can't be right. He's like, you're probably not reading it right, hmm. you know, because he says like it should, because we're, we, you know, the flesh, the kingdom of the world is so opposite that it should seem weird or it should seem that seems a bit extreme you know like yeah and and i think we try to we'll try to ju- and that's what he said there's a tendency for us to try to justify it of like well it probably doesn't mean that when that's exactly what it means yeah you know, or you know as we look through it so the fourth beatitude uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness um you explained that sunday as desiring christ above all else so what does that look like in the life of an average Christian? Does that mean that we, you know, don't go to work, we just do nothing but sit and read our Bible and meditate and we pray and we think back on the scriptures? You know, what does desiring Christ above all else look like practically in our day-to-day life? So here's what I was convicted about when I I think I was the most convicted over that one. That one in the meek was probably the ones that not not saying I'm better at the other ones, but uh, but um or see the evidence of those in my life better, but those were the two, especially the hunger and thirst, because I think that's the thing that, I mean, we should be people that desire Jesus, you know, and that should be the thing that that comes out more than anything in our life is that we are people that desire Jesus, and 
just the question that I asked was like, is this true? You know, because, you know, I, even when you hear people talk about heaven, they, they, sometimes people talk about heaven and can't wait to get to heaven and they don't even mention Jesus, you know? And it's like, mm. is that is that what this means to be in the kingdom of God? I mean, that, that and I, I don't know, I just, when you read it, you just, you, it, it's filled with people that desire God. And so I think this idea of desiring Jesus is, um, that you bring Jesus into every aspect of your life, you know, of like, hey, at my work, how do I, how do I serve Christ? How do I reflect Christ? How do I obey Christ? How do I worship Christ in my family, with my wife, with my kids, um, at, at my work, um, with my time off, with my body, with everything that I do? Like, how can I bring glory to Christ through everything that I do? And I think it, it, it I think it will show up of, you know, it's not, because I think sometimes we're like, well, should I just be a monk and just run away to the mountainside and just have my Bible? Well, maybe, I, you know, if that's what God calls you to do, you know, go for it. Um, but I, I do think it, I, I do think it's this, I do think it's reflected in people that desire Jesus are going to want to be with Jesus, you know? Like, I think... They're going to be people that want to meditate on Scripture. They're going to be people that want to be in the Word. They're going to be people that want to pray and to be in His presence um, corporately, uh, individually, on their own. It's, it's people that just they can't get enough of Jesus, you know. And that's convicting, I, I, I would say, for, for a lot of us because sometimes I think Jesus is just a part of our life. It's just like, a, you know, I think about Jesus when I'm at church or I think about Jesus when... I'm at Wednesday night, or I think about Jesus when the whatever, you know, and it seems like the desire of you should pervade every part of my life, you know, that it's not like just this subtle thing that's like, well, you know, it should be, I I don't know, I just, that's the thing that convicts me more than anything is the desire for Jesus, and do we see that? Like, are we people that desire Jesus? Like, I think that's one of the markers of being a part of the kingdom and kingdom people and I think that's probably convicting for a lot of us because it's like, do I see that in my life? Am I someone who desires Jesus above everything else? You know, and yeah. it, it, do I bring it into all of my life? You know, not in my escaping life. You know, um, but bringing Him into everything that I do. The the difficult question you asked Sunday, I think one of the most difficult ones to hear, and I'm sure to to you know to write out and to know that you're going to ask um, was do these things describe me as a believer? And I think that's a hard question, you know? Um, but why is it important to step back and ask ourselves difficult questions like that and not just say, oh, I'm sure it's me, but like really internalize, really get along with the Lord and say, you know, Lord, show me if this is me. And if it's not, how can I, how can I be better? Why is it so important to actually sit down and do that? Well, I think even it talks about here in, you know, the meek, this idea of being humble, you know, being willing to, to humble myself, to, to be willing to ask these really difficult questions and hard questions for myself. And I think that's the question that we have to ask, you know, like even like the next time we're going to get into you are salt of the, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Does that describe me? Am, am I light? You know? Yeah. Or as he's described, am I the person <laughs> that tries to hide my light? And I don't want people to know and see Jesus in me. Well, but he says, but you can't hide a light. I mean, a light is to be seen, you know, and anger and the hard and, Prayer, fasting, retaliation, loving of our enemies, greed, treasure, worry, fasting, judging, asking. I mean, you just start going through all these things, and, you know, the, I think that's the question that I kept kind of coming to is, like, 
is this describe like this a question that we have to press into because I think this is gonna you know I mean are we part of the kingdom you know and if we're not my hope is I think I said this at the end of the sermon Sunday that I think the response is it gets us back to the first one poor in spirit the spiritual beggars maybe as we walk through the Sermon on the Mount for for some people that it gets to the point of like this isn't me and it gets us to the point of desperation of like, dang, I really, this is why I really need Jesus, mm. you know? And so that's, that's, that's my hope. Or for those that are disciples, they are a part of the kingdom to even reflect more like, you know, my pressing in is, is the, through the Holy spirit. Is it, am I displaying these things or are there some things that I need to, to need to look at and, and just to see, cause this is, I think he's describing like this, is what Christians are to look like. This is what Christians are to be about. And maybe, Maybe we don't see it. Like, not that we're getting off on tangent, but we'll get there in a second. But, you know, when we get in the series in chapter six, but that was the thing I kept thinking about Meek, you know? Like, he's like, don't practice your righteousness in front of people. Like, don't let people see it. And that, if I can be honest, that does, just in Christian culture, that does not seem to resonate very well. Like, we want everyone to know what we're doing, you know? When When we pray, when we give, when we do something for God, when we're. You know, it's like we want people to, and he's like, hey, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. That doesn't seem like that's, but, he, but he's saying like, this is the way of the kingdom, yeah. you know? And so I think it's just going to be this whole time, just this constant, you know, and there is hope in 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 this. So I don't want it to be just this constant, like, oh, I feel terrible about myself, you know, but it should make us be like, well, dang, this is how much I need Jesus. Like, I'm going to pray, you don't even need to come to the sermon because I'm going to just, Go ahead and preview everything here. <laughs> but like he says this in, in chapter 5, verse 20, which is a, he says this, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of God. Man. Well, I'm out. You know, it's like everybody's <laughs> like, well, I, you know, but it, but like one of the things that this passage should do is I don't live up to that. I don't do this. And it drives us more to like, well, this is why I'm a spiritual beggar and I need Jesus. You know, it should like every week should be driving us to Jesus, you know, why I need Jesus, why, why he should be my only hope, why I am a spiritual beggar and why I have nothing to offer, you know, because there's no way I can live up to this, you know? Yeah. And there's hope that that the Holy spirit empowers us to do that. You know, like you don't have to do this on your own strength. And if you try, you're, you're going to fail, but this is why, even in what Second Peter one, you know, says that His divine power has been granted granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So His power has been given to us to live these things out. You know, so yeah. Well, man, our last question of the day. Um, there was kind of a big game Sunday night. If you watch football, uh, no big deal. Um, it was a good game. Mm-hmm. I thought so at least. Uh, go Chiefs. Um, but I heard that you made some jambalaya that was fantastic. Um, so would you would you like to share your recipe with us? No. Oh, well, all right. just, well hey, thanks nah, for joining us. <laughs> no, nah, it, was, it was good. Actually, Miss Elaine, uh, I think we made it for the BCM before, <laughs> and Miss Elaine maybe made it a couple of weeks ago, but it's one of her friends from New Orleans got it, and it's a really good recipe. It's got bacon in it. You start with bacon, so that's what makes it so good. Yeah, anything that starts with bacon is yeah. probably going to be good. When I read it the first time, I was like, bacon? And I was like, bacon's in jambalaya? But I don't know if everybody does it, but it sure makes it taste good. It does. I mean, bacon in anything is just a good recipe. Yeah. You know it's going to be a good recipe when it, everything starts with bacon. Yeah. 
So yeah, so. I think it was good. It was spicy and I what liked kind of it. spices did you did you like grind up spices yourself or no? Nah, I just put in uh, the spicy rotel tomato hey, can. Man. Sometimes it's just easier. And, uh, Sometimes it's just. And did some Tonys and and then the sausage I used was a spicy type sausage. So what kind of sausage did you use? Kanuka. Okay. Kanuka. It's a little bite sized sausage, right? Yep. I think it's better. Hey man, that's my hot take. Is that's that your... I think in gumbo and jambalaya and whatever is that I like Kanuka better because it's more of a bite sized sausage and so it. I don't know. I just like it better. Some people would disagree. Definitely. And, Which is okay. And they're everybody's entitled. Got, yep. Everybody's yep. got an opinion, yep. man. That's why at my house, that's what we use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at your house, you can use whatever One day, you want to. One day, 20 years from now, Chapel's going to say, like, I just like Kanuka, man. I just like Kanuka. I know. I know. It's just the best. Just grooming them. It's my favorite. Um, well, man, thanks for you know stopping by and answering some difficult questions from a, from a passage that, that really should make us internalize. And, man, I'm ready to, to – I, I guess ready is a – a very nervous ready to continue walking through this passage because um, it's going to be difficult but like you're saying man these are important questions that we need to be asking ourselves does this really describe my life as a believer so. yeah it's going to be challenging I think it's going to be good it's going to be encouraging um, I just I love the Sermon on the Mount and so I'm excited about walking through it well man we're excited about it as well thanks for stopping by alright see you man